Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello and welcome to the Wisdom Cricket Daily Podcast. An excellent day for England with the bat. Rory Burns and Joe Root both hit centuries as England lost just three wickets on day three and ended it on 269 for five, still 106 runs behind New Zealand's first inning total. New Zealand took two late wickets in the day, those of Ben Stokes and debutant Zach Crawley, as rain brought a premature end to day three in the final session, taking yet more time out of the game and making it harder to see how either side will force a victory in Hamilton. I'm Yazran, and on the phone with me from the ground is the editor of the Wisden Almanac, Lawrence Books. Lawrence, centuries for both Root and Burns. Their partnership was England's highest of the calendar year. They show the kind of application that Chris so often missing from England in recent times. I think they'll be slightly frustrated to have lost Burns, well, more than slightly frustrated to have lost him to, to a run out just when it looked as if they were going to grind New Zealand into the dust, just as New Zealand had done to, to England in Mount Monganui. But... You know, baby steps. This is a team that is uh, trying to play a new, uh, a new style of cricket with with some inexperienced players, and they'll be thrilled. Not just that Burns got a hundred, but also that Root got that particular monkey off his back and, and, and scored his seventeenth Test hundred as well. Burns was very good against a short ball in both defence and attack. I thought a couple of pull shots against Wagner in particular were very impressive. Is that a recent addition to his game? He was quite a reluctant puller during the Ashes. Yeah, I, th- I think that shows what a, a quick learner he is. He was in trouble against the short ball early on in the Ashes, and Australia thought they, they, they'd found a weakness that they could exploit for the rest of the series. But he worked uh, on his technique during that series. Quite rare for batsmen to be able to change their game mid-series, but, but Burns had the nous and the skill and the application to do it. Uh, and, and since the start of the Ashes, he's been averaging, I think, 44 now in Test cricket. And he, he does play the short ball well. He gets plenty of opportunities against Neil Wagner, doesn't he? Bang, bang it in from the left arm angle uh, and, and generally he, he was he was very good um, just perhaps the ju- his, his judgment of a second run wasn't quite what, uh, what he'd have liked but let, let's not let's not uh, be, be uh, too critical this is um, this is what England needed from, from their opener and, it, and it's given them a chance of, uh, of, of getting something out of this game It was Joe Root's slowest test century he wasn't that fluent certainly not back to his absolute best but does that in a way make it all more impressive? Yeah, I think so. He, he's, he's been saying all tour that he's, uh, he's he's nearly there. He's about to turn a corner. He's been working on his technique. The runs are. He's looking good in the nets. And those are the kinds of phrases that usually sort of send shivers down our spine because we've heard them from so many other England captains when they're, when they're in a rut they can't get out of. So look, he'll take absolutely. He'll take a, a slow hundred, the slowest as you say of his, of his seventeen. He, he has a lot of working to leg. I think seventy three of his hundred. 
114 runs by the end of the day had come on the leg side. So he was picking New Zealand off really. He wasn't he wasn't going for anything outside off. They hung the ball outside for a while. You know, it wasn't a it wasn't a thrilling day, it has to be said, but it was the kind of day England needed if they're going to uh, convince the whole dressing room that this style of play is going to get them into good positions in test matches. So the captain led the way and they'll all be delighted for him. Yeah, I thought Joe Root batted as if he'd been watching a lot of BJ Watling over the last week, which he which he has been. Um, after those late wickets, what do you think England's game plan is going into day four? Well, yeah, that, I mean that has thrown their game plan a bit. Um, I think they when when Burns and Root took them to two hundred and one for two shortly before tea, their plan would have been to lose no more than one wicket by stumps. Um, and you know, I know play stopped an hour early because of the rain but they'd like to have been something like 300 for three at stumps and said they're 269 for five so they're still 106 behind New Zealand uh, and well they just have to keep batting normally uh, they'll, they'll, want to, they'll want to get a lead and, and put some pressure on New Zealand that way that what they won't want obviously is to give New Zealand a lead and then and then have a scenario where New Zealand are the only team uh, that, that can win this game um, you know New Zealand they got off to a good start in their second innings that, that could spell trouble for England so they want to bat through to lunch, see where they are. Root has to just hang on in there and hope that Ollie Pope or Sam Curran or Chris Wokes um, can, can do the same. There's still a bit of batting to come um, because, of course, Wokes coming in for Leach does, get, does give England a, a stronger lower order. So they've got to get a lead, haven't they? And then they've got to hope for a couple of early wickets with the new ball. And who knows what happens after that? Well, that sounds simple enough. Thanks a lot, Lawrence. Speak to you tomorrow. Cheers, yeah. I'm at the Wisden offices with Wisden's Taha Hashim. Taha, we're one year into Rory Burns' career as an England opener. How well has he done and how well did he do today? Well, I think just the fact that he's here is is impressive in itself. The fact that to get through a year as an England opener without being dropped, that's that's a worthy achievement in, you know, because it's just not happened for, for is, so many years. Is he the first one to do that since Drouse's retirement? Off the top of my head, I I, I think so, yeah. We've seen that there's there's something there. Um, that hasn't been there with with previous guys that have been on the job um, to get the Nash's hundred against the, that Australian attack, um, and then to average what what he did in that series, I think the thirty nine um, in a series where openers famously struggled. David Warner, who's got a triple century now, um, well, you know, quite a while back he wasn't getting too many runs. Um, and then this this series has been a, it's been an interesting one really because in that first test he got that half century having really struggled, but today again. Having having suffered the previous evening, um, drop twice, to then, you know, come back again and sort of just put that out of his mind um, and play as well as he did because because he did play well. Um, there were there was a battle with Wagner uh, with the short ball. He, he, he was struck on the chest um, and then responded the next over with two really sublime pull shots, and he just kept on going and he looked he looked solid. There was a run out scare. He got through the nineties pretty smoothly and. Second test on, first t- test on overseas, sort of a big moment. He's, you know, gradually there there is these steps and we can see that there's, you know, there's a there's a rise in Rory Burns. Yeah, Laura's alluded to it on the phone. What's marked Burns out in his, what is still quite a nascent phase of his test career is his ability to learn on the job. So in the ashes, he was being peppered by short balls and he didn't look that comfortable and he did very well. He overcame his horrid innings against Ireland straight away in the ashes. And whilst he got better at defending the short ball, he didn't really have a get-out shot that a lot of people thought would be his downfall in this series. 
But those pull shots against Wagner were, were really confident. And it's something that he seems to have added to his game. I've seen people say that even in county cricket, he doesn't really pull the ball that much. So it's really quite impressive how he's added to his game in the space of just one year as a test cricketer. Yeah, and I guess that's all you can ask for. I guess with some previous guys who've come in the job, it's been, I guess, probably what's frustrated people is you keep seeing the same mistakes. So with, with Keaton Jennings, for example, it was given quite a few chances. It was kind of the same sort of methods and the ways he was getting out. And Roy Burns has just showed a lot of, you know, there, there are times where you could think, oh, that's going to be a major problem going forward. Mm. And yet he's still getting runs. He's still get going forward. And that's, that's, I think that's, for England, that's just a massive find, really. Well, one thing you can't accuse him of is getting out in the same way. Very frustrating way for him to get out today. Run out, going for a second. Two balls after he reached a century. He jogged through the first run. Should have said no to the second. And then once he hadn't said no to a run that he probably should have said no to, he then didn't dive when it was really quite close. It was a bit of a brain fade, wasn't it? And it came at a really, really bad time for England. It was past the halfway point of the day, but Burns and Root had the opportunity there to really back long. Yeah, that could be... I mean, depending on what happens tomorrow morning, um, that could be actually quite a massive moment um, because they just looked, both looked so solid, um, didn't look like they were going to get out, Root didn't get out. Um, and Burns really kind of, what was more, yeah, I guess what was quite staggering was just he didn't get a dive out. I guess he was, you're right, I think, oh, right on the money there, I think brain, just brain fade. Mm. And that dismissal prompted a change in bails because it was very weird, wasn't it? You had, uh, once, that, once that decision went up to the third umpire, the first replays seemed to indicate quite clearly to us that he was out. The stump had moved. The stump had moved, With, with yeah. Burns' bat outside the crease. But Oxenford, the third umpire, didn't want to give it out. Well, I, I, can, I can understand it to an extent. He, he needs to see that Bale is mm. 100% dislodged. Um, and he couldn't see that it was dislodged because, see because the Bale was exactly the same shade of white as BJ Watling's white's. Uh, so a couple of overs afterwards, we saw a change of bail due to due to the colour of it, which I yeah. don't think I've seen before. Then afterwards, Stokes looked good for his 26 before nicking behind to a beauty from Tim Southey. And Crawley, after nearly getting run out on naught on debut, was then caught behind on one. He looked delighted to be playing test cricket. The announcer announced to the crowd uh, that it was his debut and said, show some appreciation for debutant mm. Zach Crawley. Um, and he had a wide smile on his face. He was at the crease when Joe Root reached his 100, uh, but it wasn't to be. He was dismissed by Wagner, who I thought, despite only taking one wicket today, was class yet again. Yeah. Um, and for me, the ball of the day wasn't actually a wicket. It was uh, a knuckle ball that um, Neil Wagner bowled in the first session to Joe Root uh, around the wicket. Um, I just uh, We saw he got Ollie Pope out with a knuckle ball in the last mm. test. Um, but this ball just tailed in beautifully. Um, Jerry got the toe end of his bat onto it, um, but a wonderful little piece of skill. Um, and he, but I think he tried a couple more against Rory Burns, uh, but that probably speaks volumes of what the pitch was doing, which was mm. not a lot till sort of later on in the day when when the ball started staying really low, um, and that could cause a bit of trouble. Um, yeah, there were a couple to Ollie Pope late in the day that yeah. really kept low. But when it was sort of docile early on, Neil Wagner, you know, used his imagination uh, quite skillfully, actually. I played down the chance of a result in the intro. How do you see it going from here? It's a, it's a weird one because England, because Burns and Root batted so well, um, but the fact that they're five down, still trailing by just a bit, thinking about their performance in the first test, um, when they had that platform after a patient day and didn't really, you know, couldn't do what New Zealand are, are very much capable of, capable of doing. 
oh cliche as it sounds all kind of depends on the next you know the first that crucial first hour crucial first hour yeah. tomorrow i reckon well thanks Tom. we'll be we'll be back tomorrow for reaction to day three thanks for listening folks if you've enjoyed the show please tell your friends and if you're feeling extra nice please leave us a five-star review in the podcast app for your choice cheers Podcast Network.